Hello, everybody. Welcome to Grip Lock Foundation Disc Golf's weekly podcast. I'm Zach. This is Hunter. And today we have a lot to talk about. Um, what, did you just cheers me? No, I looked because it looked like something was dripping off my cup, but I don't think it was. I think we're good. We'll be talking about the Disc Golf Pro Tour, um, some comments Jamie made towards Brody, Brody, you know, getting the rights to his video, um, all that good stuff, as well as the virus, excuse me, that's going around, um, how this is going to affect everything. But I'm going to throw it over to Hunter, who's going to do two off the tee. Um, but drop your questions below. Yeah. So if you're new here, two off the tee is how we start off every single podcast. Basically, what happens is I pull one question from social media. Uh, this week came from Instagram, and the other question comes live from the chat board. So while I'm answering this first question and we're discussing that, go ahead and be firing the second question away down below. So this first, the two off, the first off the tee uh, comes from at J Cray Marshall. He said, when throwing, do you opt for 90 to 95% power with a slower disc or 65 to 75 or 65 to 70% power with a faster disc? Um, so how I'm going to interpret this is basically like wide open, the baskets 350 away. Are you reaching for a mid? Are you reaching for a fairway? Uh, I go fairway. So you'd rather go less power on a faster disc than more power on a slower disc. Yeah. Well, this is something that I said to you before. Um, is like if I'm throwing my Crystal Raptor, in that scenario I would, um, it's almost as I'm still throwing as hard as I can with that fairway because it's so overstable. Okay, so let's say... Um, you would have to, if you really were going to ask this question, have to be in the woods. Okay, yeah, so let's say it's in the woods, tunnel yeah. shot. <laughs> yeah. 320, 330, whatever that in-between range is. Are you reaching for a mid or a fairway in that scenario? Well, then, then I would go for the mid because if we're in the woods, I want it to, you know, uh, flatten out more and land flatter rather than something that would take a big skip. So my questions obviously differ. It's hard. You can't pick one. Yeah. I... And maybe you can. I can't. I can't. I, unless the wind, the wind is the factor that I'm not factoring in here because wind will make me disc up every time. No wind, calm condition. I'm always going a harder throw on a mid just because when I try to take stuff off of my yeah. ba- backhand, especially forehand, if I'm throwing it, I'm throwing it all out because I yeah. can only throw like <laughs> 275, 300. No way. You could throw farther than that. Maybe. We'll have to test that one day. We'll do a forehand distance thing to see how far i can actually throw right. but I, i'm not getting far yeah i'm not throwing my forehand for distance so um backhand is the only way i'm answering this question and i'm always powering up because i feel like i have my body feels more natural if i'm throwing hard than if i'm trying to like touch shot uh undertaker right or something like that so i wouldn't say 90 to 95 percent though um right. i would never throw like full full power in a tournament unless it's like a wide open hole and i'm just trying to crush one but in general it's more like 80 percent is as hard as i ever throw um because that's where I feel the most control over where the disc is going to land. But I always go with the slower disc. Um, slower disc harder is my answer. Makes sense. What uh, We got a second off the tee yet? Yeah, we do. Um, this is from somebody. They said they asked it last week, but maybe we didn't get to it. Um, so I'm going to ask it now. Mm-hmm. What is a good field work routine? I think it depends on what you want to work on. Um one thing, if you're just trying to improve your game in general, is pick out like a landing zone uh, in the field. You can either set up with cones or just, you know, in your mind, uh, pick up a landing zone and set up the stages of like putters, mids, fairways, drivers, um, based on how far you have to throw to get to that landing zone. And then throw all of your discs on the exact same angle. 
and try to get them all to land in that landing zone, all on hyzer, all flat, and then all on anhyzer. Because that'll teach you kind of how to control flippy discs mm-hmm. to throw them on hyzer and let them flip up and then land, to throw them on anhyzer but not torque them enough so that they still have time to flatten. Um, and you'll really get to learn your discs so that when you're in the woods or you're in a weird scramble shot, um, you can know, oh, wow, if I throw my forehand buzz on hyzer, even though it's a really flippy buzz, I know it's going to flip up and glide to the left, which is a shot I might not have known if I hadn't practiced it in the field. So that's what I always tried to do if I was working on like just my game in general. But it really just depends right. um, on what you're trying to work on. Right. Makes total sense. Well, cool. So this is typically where we would uh, go ahead and jump over to Jeff's corner, but Jeff is unable to join us tonight. So a lot of driving in today, he said. So we will have to, I'd imagine he's driving back home from, from Waco. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to have to take over for Jeff here. No worries. Uh, and talk through these uh, results. So why don't you all walk us through what happened at uh, Waco and uh, what, what the results are. All right. Well, we saw an exciting uh, first round, obviously, which we'll talk about later, um, I believe. Right. We're talking about. Yes. We'll talk about that first round later. Uh, but the last round was um, the last round was obviously the best round. We had Colt Montgomery taking it down, averaging 1059 uh, coming from the second card, which I they had coverage of the second card towards the end. Yeah. Excuse me, which was awesome. We watched him um, take a two on the whole 18, yep. which was the par three, which was par four last year over the water. 470 feet yeah. all over water. So it was really awesome. Um, you know, seeing him take that down since I've started, I've kind of been following, uh, Colton just because like I follow Kona. Yeah. Um, so I've been kind of following them both as they've been touring together. And it's really awesome to see him win. Um, uh, you know, also averaging ten fifty nine yeah. to me is kind of low and it, it's it only is, two rounds, yeah. but you know, it was pretty windy out there. Waco was pretty tough this year. They changed, you know, I was thinking I was looking at it. If Paul last year was to shoot 18 under again this year, it would have been like 21 under par. Yeah. Which it, that's ridiculous. Like it couldn't happen. No. So they made sure it couldn't happen. They made the stroke, the course like four, three strokes harder. Something like that. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Colton took it down. We had Paul in second. Um, we saw him kind of fall apart there towards the end of that tournament. Yeah, He had the chance to birdie. He did 17 and 18. Um, to yep. tie it, which we, to be honest with you, I think everyone expected to oh, happen. I did. Um, I was very surprised when it didn't happen. Well, that wind um, on 20, on 18, I keep thinking 20 cause we yeah. play 20 whole courses. Even, well, he even, uh, he had the, the look, even when he yeah. threw it and turned it over on yeah. 18, but I still, still in my very head. far. Oh yeah. It wasn't close yeah. in my head. I was still, I was like, Oh, that's in. Yeah. Like it's Paul. He had to birdie. What he had to birdie 17 and 18 to win. Yeah. He just had to get one of them to tie. Yeah. So 18 stepping up to that putt, knowing Paul's history. In my mind, I was like, well, this is dead center. It's going to be... A, but also, it wasn't moments. a putt. Like, he threw it. He threw it. Yeah, he threw a forehand. Yeah. But so still... It was, it was obviously would have been ridiculous if it went in. Yeah. The zero fans there would have still made noise. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. There, that's how much it would have... The cards before and everything, there would have been a loud loud roar if that would have happened. Yeah. Um, and then we had Kale LaVisca coming in third, which is awesome. Another name that we don't see, you know, at the top very often. Yeah. Um, over on the FPO side, we have Evelina coming in uh, first, wins by four strokes. Good lead there, averaging 997. It seems as if to win an FBO, FPO tournament, you're going to have to average about 1,000 this yeah, year. Yeah, it seems to be 1,000 or higher. Like, really, yeah. really 997 
is I'm calling a thousand. Yeah, me, uh, yeah me it's too. it's in that range this year. Yeah, which is fan freaking tastic. Yeah, the women from last year to this year have gotten better. Yeah, they've all stepped N- up. Not a, no doubt. We had Hannah Bloomrose coming in second, which is awesome. They always play together, and then Sarah Hokum and Cat tied for third. Um, obviously, we had the coronavirus cancel that last and final round. Uh, we had this is big news right yeah, here. This is something I want to park on for a little this, bit. This is huge. Ricky and Paige both missed cash at the event. So let, let's go ahead. And yeah. What are your so, thoughts? I mean, Ricky, from what I understand, was having some type of like injury or limes flare up. Yeah. Um, something like that, where I believe it was his immemorial. I believe someone had said it was his leg that was swollen and it had moved up to like his elbow mm-hmm. was swollen. Um, for this tournament. So, so Ricky did have some issues going on. Uh, if it was a limes flare up, then that means this is something like we had said might be hopefully not, but could be a common, a more common thing than you would like. Um, well, we saw it happen at Memorial and yeah. we're seeing it happen now. It's going to be common this year. Yeah. I just, yeah, it, it sucks because it does suck. Uh, you know, he has always, well, not always, but over the last decade, been one of the more dominant players. The, well, yeah. the Ricky and Paul battles are classic and something that, whether you're a Ricky fan, Paul fan or a fan of neither, you still love it. Right. Um, and so to me, I don't know. It, it almost, it didn't mark the end of it because obviously when Ricky's healthy, he's still gonna be able to play yeah. up to that level. Um, but it was kind of just sad to see both of the, both of these first starts, Paul still up there, but Ricky wasn't. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it, it's kind of exciting to see that new crop of, I, I like it too. Of uh, like Calvin Heinberg, for instance, well, uh, that I don't like. <laughs> he's just so, I don't know if any of you guys agree with me here. Calvin Heimberg, I'm sure he's a great guy. I haven't personally met him. The most boring player on tour to watch. <laughs> so boring. I will say, I have one story about Calvin. Uh, he came to two days in May. I believe it was Calvin. It was Calvin. Came to two days in May. I showed up. I uh, was told by Lance Brown we had a place to sleep. Nick Carl and I show up. We walk into this guy's house, Cody Bradshaw, super, super cool dude up in uh, Northern Virginia. Walk into his house and he's like, uh, hello? I'm like, Hey, Lance told me like he let you know we were coming. He's like, um, no. I was like, oh, well, he said you had like a place for us to sleep. He's like, well, yeah, we got a bunch of people crashing in the, the basement floor. I'm like, okay. And so I walk in. I'm like, everyone had sleeping bags. How Zach, many people were there? Uh, 10, 12. Oh my God. It was Zach Melton, Chris Dickerson, uh, two more Tennessee guys, Lance Brown, Calvin Heimberg, um, two or three women players. Tim Barr was there. It was a ton of people. And this is in, uh, Cody lived in the basement. And so it was his like place. So Cody was down there too. And I had no blanket, no pillow, no nothing, because I was told you have a house to stay at, you know, you, you, whatever. And so Nick Carl and I both were like, frick. And so I laid down on the floor and just balled up my hoodie and just laid there. And I was like, we're going to go to Walmart tomorrow. But we got, we shown up at like 11 PM and Calvin looked at me. He's like, you need a blanket or a pillow or anything? I'm like, ah, uh, that'd be great. He's like, they just take my pillow. I'm on an air mattress. I'm like, no, no. He's like, yeah, for, for real. Take it. I'm like, okay, that'd be nice. And so he <laughs> gave me his pillow and I think he had an extra blanket in his bag. And so he took well, care of me nice. there. So uh, yeah, now that doesn't really have anything to do with, with whether you like his play style or not, but regardless, the dude is very talented. Yeah. Oh, well, very yes. is going to be on top of, on top of the disc golf yeah, world for, for a while. Yeah. I would say, uh, him Eagle has come out relatively hot. I don't actually know how he finished at Waco. I didn't, didn't really pay attention to it, but well, I mean his first round, uh, you know, Brody almost beat him. Yeah. Um, so it, it's, it's just an exciting time from that aspect, but, um, and then page and then yeah, page, I don't know what happened. I did not hear any, I heard one, uh, I believe, uh, 
Terry talked about she had some wisdom tooth pain that he knew she wouldn't own up to um, or call it an excuse, but he had heard from other people that that was going on. That's the only report of any injury or anything like that I've heard of. Okay. Um, it, I mean, obviously something happened I mean, for her to miss cash. It was only two rounds. So you would expect the third round page to, she was one stroke out of cash. So she would, right. she would have jumped into cash yeah. had there been a third round, but she was way out of winning it. Yeah. Um, it would have taken uh, a very insane performance from page and a blow up from Evelina for it to really flip. Um, yeah, I don't think it was going to flip. I don't think so either. But yeah, that's the only story that I had heard as far as a possible reason behind it. And I only yeah, heard I it from, either. I think it was from Terry. I only heard it from one person. So uh, definitely an interesting story there. Yeah. All right. Oh, and then obviously this was Brody's first tournament. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit more. I, I put that in because this was for Jeff's corner and I wanted to right. get his initial uh, initial thoughts on that. But I want to talk about that a little bit later because okay. we'll, we'll get around back around to that. Um, so the coronavirus. Uh, I'm, you know, I don't want to park here too long because you're hearing about this thing everywhere. Yeah. Uh, you know, we want to provide content to get your mind off of it and uh, get your mind on what we all love, which is disc golf. And so that's what we plan to do. But obviously, at the same time, we want to talk about what's going down in the disc golf world and the coronavirus is a big part of that. So the PDGA has removed sanctioning of all events through the end of March and suspended the Elite Series through April. In addition, we've also seen the Masters Cup being canceled, which was, I believe, the second weekend in May. Um, so the initial initial thing here is, is this the right call or is it an overreaction? I'll get your opinion first and then I'll uh, give mine on this. So obviously we know this is an outdoor sport um, and being in a confined space is not the issue, but we do have people traveling from everywhere yeah. to play in these tournaments. Um, overreaction. No, everything is closed. Everything is, we don't have sports and which, you know, what's crazy is, you know, I've said this to my coworkers the other day. Um, you'll never hear about this will never happen again in our lifetime. No, probably not. We will never see a day where there are no sports. Yeah. Um, obviously disc golf included now, disc golf might stop one day, but like you're never going to see all major sports stuff yeah. is what I'm trying to say. So I think, you know, disc golf just following suit is normal. Not really an overreaction yet. I mean, like, you know, there are NBA players and MLB players that are testing positive. So if you didn't stop that, if you didn't stop that play, you know, I mean, ML, um, you know, I mean NBA players probably would have had it if yeah. they played this next week. I mean, all those players there's would, what four on the brooklyn nets alone right exactly and on average every one person is spreading it to two people so yeah. that would turn into four on or eight on the other team which yeah. would then turn it so pretty soon the whole nba would have most likely had it yeah um uh, yeah so it's you know I, I don't really think it's an overreaction i think in the whole grand scheme of things which you know i'm not gonna get into my whole political views or any i'm not a doctor I think the world is overreacting um, simply because the media is doing exactly what they're trying to do, which is trying to get everyone to freak out. They're trying. That's what they, they want ratings and they want, you know, people just losing their mind. um, So again, I don't, I'm not going to push my political views, but the media really, it's, they're not our friend, Um, especially in a time like this where the best thing to do is take a breather, relax, other people need food too, guys. Yeah. Like real. you can, you can prepare, but what about those people that need food? <laughs> yeah. Like what about the elderly that can't get out and they only can go once a week 
and that day is not when they're restocking or just anything like that. Yeah. Like I, I don't, I didn't like buy a ton of toilet paper and all that stuff. But what happens now when we run out of normal toilet paper, yep. you know what I'm saying? Just normal things. I think everyone needs to take a breather and, uh, you know, well, I think what's, what's hard about the toilet paper situation, which is completely off a of disc golf, and I'll give my opinion on well, that. Well, yeah. It's like now if I see toilet paper in the store, you buy it. I'm like, this might be the only time I'll see toilet paper. Exactly. And so then it's all gone again. Yeah. Not because it's all because at first people freaked out and bought it. And now it's like toilet paper is such a like yeah. rare commodity that you're like, oh, well, I have to buy that. Yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah, I agree with you. I think it's the right call. Um, the PDJ is basically just letting you know they discourage tournament play right now and the risk it brings to the community through March. Right. Um, Which we did hear rumors that they might... Um you know, cancel all tournaments through August. Yeah. Which that would have been an overreaction. That would. Yeah. Yeah. But what they're doing now I think is good. And, um, I think as someone in the comments also did, uh, ask about what, how our tournament is going to be in May. I hope it's still on. We hope it's still on. We will. So obviously we have to comply with whatever, um, laws or, you know, not laws or not possibly laws possible but like whatever statutes are being put into place yeah. and we'll go from there but as of right now it's definitely still on yeah so. we're, and um i think it's also as the time approaches you know it'll be a few weeks before the decision will be made type of a thing um the tough part for tds is like and luckily we decided not to go the custom stamp route because we would have already placed our order but a lot of tds have yeah. i actually saw some richmond tds posting because their tournaments have been and definitely postponed or canceled and they were saying like, Hey guys, like I stocked up on like 300 discs for this tournament. Um, you know, I really need some help right now. Like if anyone's looking for discs, please hit me up. And I think that is the going to be a big hurt in the disc golf community, but I don't think this is an overreaction. Um, my opinion on this has somewhat changed from last week when college nationals was canceled or postponed. Um, I would assume it's going to be fully canceled at this point. Uh, and stuff started to get canceled left and right. I immediately, I labeled it an overreaction more so because I was, I was upset that it was being canceled. And at that time, I don't know. It's just at that time, it didn't feel like it was as big of a thing as it is now. Yeah. I think now I've had a week to think about it and pay attention to it a little bit more. Yes. We, um, well, we saw how much more it progressed. Yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, I don't think that there's really a need to put so many players at risk and not really just the players, but the communities they go home to, uh, especially for touring pros. They're, they're constantly traveling, taking this from, they might pick it up at Waco, be asymptomatic, and take it to right. Florida, which I know it's in Florida, but you know what I mean. Yeah, um, no, it, for sure. And it could just grow a lot bigger than than what it really feels like. Um, one of, I know one of the NBA players has tested positive, but it's completely asymptomatic. I think that's Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. Yes. He has zero symptoms. He said if they were playing a seven-game series, he I mean, I could have dope. it right now and be so totally asymptomatic. Yeah, that's what's crazy about it. Um, but yeah, I think within the disc golf community, uh, one reason I really want to talk about this is because of how hard it's going to hit touring pros. Right. Uh, I don't, the top, I don't really know the top, what number they're not going to really be affected because there's, there's guarantees. Well, yeah. Um, I um, keep cutting you off today a lot. Yeah, no, you're good. It's like Paul had said the other day when Discraft announced they were going to do a hundred of each disc, um, you know, and all a hundred percent of the proceeds were going to the players. He said, listen, guys, I have a wife, a dog, a home, a shelter over my head, like I'll be okay right now. Please go buy other the other tour. Uh, you know, tour our, my tour partner's discs. Yeah. Like, like again, it's going to be the Ricky's going to be okay. The Paul's going to be okay. Page is okay. Page is okay. Um, Please go buy the other discs. Yeah. Which I will say, um, that's what I was about to say is like a 
outside of the top 10, whatever, losing a big part of their income. And there's even players, you know, I just mentioned Lance Brown, but players like him yeah. who don't even have a tour disc. Right. Uh, they rely on grinding it out for 50 tournaments a year yeah. to make their living. Um, but what can we do to ease the burden this is placing on them? Um, if you're in a position to uh, buy their tour series disc, buy from their websites if they have it. A lot of a lot of players have like um, their tour series disc available if you message them. Right. Uh, or like Adam Hammes has his hats, uh, stuff like that that might yeah. not be readily promoted and available and you have to kind of dig for it. Uh, if you're in a position to and you have a income still coming in, um, consider doing that. If you're not and, you know, maybe you're in the same position as them where you don't have your job currently or like me. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, or something like that, then watch their content they're putting yeah. out. Um, like their videos, subscribe, like their videos, share. Yeah, look for stuff like that, ways that cost you zero, cost you time, um, but they can get ad revenue um, and, yeah. you know, stuff like that. Um, you can also look at supporting them on Patreon uh, if they have that option. I know like Corey Merle and other disc golf media people, that's going to hurt them as well Yeah. Um, because they rely on the tour for their content. So look at look at ways like that, that you can support these guys. I will say um, Discraft, you know, they had their big drop today. As of an hour ago, a lot of the tour series stuff was still in stock. They were. So go check out. I know Haley King's, yep. uh, hers was in stock. I know P- Paul and pages were gone. I think the Hanum forces, there were still some undertakers might've been gone, but go to discraft.com. I think it's discraft.com slash new is actually the thing, but go there. Um, check them out. And I also got an email from dynamic disc that they're going to be dropping more of their tour series stuff as cool. well. Um, so be on the lookout for all of that stuff. If you're in a position to, um, and if not, like I said, just message them. Uh, I even saw Chris Dickerson was, uh, I want to just put all this information out there to whoever listening because you know, we need to support our own in this time. Uh, Chris Dickerson was offering lessons for, yes. So was um, Brian Earhart sick. So yeah. Uh, if you want some, some lessons and you're looking for a good way to improve in your game at this time, you know, I think Chris's had 30 spots at $20 and if it filled, cool. he was willing to open, uh, open it up to more. Don't know if it's filled yet or not, but so now that we're just yeah. talking about jobs and all that kind of stuff, um, let's tell you guys really quick about our plans for this. Yeah, sure. Good? Go for okay. it. So, as you guys know, well, there's a lot less people here than normally. Yeah, which is kind of surprising. I, I know this it to is be, surprising. I expected the people to. I don't know. I expected more, but it's it, fu- it's mean, cool. It we'll, we'll get our normal views. It's all it's all good. Yeah. Uh, so, um, we don't do foundation full time. Um, Hunter does freelance graphic design, and I'm the manager at an escape room place. Well, my escape room company today shut down. Um, so I don't have my full-time job anymore. So right now the plans are for us to be releasing two to three videos a week. Now, um, this is going to be big for us. Um, I said about a week or two ago that I think what we need as foundation is for us to go full-time. We're going to do pretty good. And then that's going to be the time where we're like, wow, we can actually really jump into this full time. So that's what we're going to be doing. So we're going to be, we've already shot a video today. We're going to shoot out tomorrow. I mean, we're, we're shooting much more videos, much more content that we're going to be. He's going to be editing. You should teach me how to edit. (laughs) I probably should. But, uh, Zach tour series disc. Yep. It's going to (laughs) say, go jump into like, um, but so what was I saying? Oh, so watch our videos too. Um, subscribe, like our videos. Obviously it helps us a ton. Um, so we're going to be definitely trying to do more and more content for you guys, uh, simply because you know, we, this is what we love to do. Yeah. So also if you guys have any ideas of what we can shoot, cause we might run out of ideas, drop them in comments. 
drop them here. We can screenshot them. You know, we'll take all the ideas that we can get simply because, you know, we, it's hard sometimes to come up with content. So, yeah, so drop, our current, drop it down. Our current plan is Tuesdays, our normal video, uh, new videos on Thursday. And then mm-hmm. on Saturdays, Saturdays will probably be vlog styles um, as of now. And then, you know, Wednesday, uh, Wednesdays will be the podcast. So technically four videos a week, but Wednesday we don't really count because it's a podcast. Um, someone just asked while we're still on this before we jump into the next. <laughs> that one. was funny. They said Zach's putting out a new putter, the air ball. Oof. That that's a good one. Hand. Props to you. That was, great. uh, someone asked about when will we be dropping the custom? Oh, uh, Zeus and Luna. We have placed the order. Uh, it's up, it's up to Discraft now from what I hear. They're very not overwhelmed, but, um, that wow. means a lot. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, that, that means a lot. It truly does. Uh, and so I heard they're a little overwhelmed, so it might be closer to a month out. But um, yeah, we, we have placed the order, and they will be coming in at some point, hopefully soon. Is that, did you say his name, Jeffrey? I don't know. Name? I almost said, thanks, Jeffrey, but I didn't know if that's how you say it. I believe it is. I just didn't want to butcher it. Wow. Wow. Thanks, Come Chris. on. You guys are... We... we okay. That's awesome. Wow. Um, Come on, guys. All we, right. We really appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks, Chris. On to uh, the Disc Golf Pro Tour and the Disc Golf Network. We're going to be talking about a lot of things that we saw at Waco. Um, Are we going to drop the big news at the end of this podcast? I ha- I don't know. Okay. We have... Okay. <laughs> I, I think we can. I, I, we think were, we, I we believe were, we can. We were told we can. Stick around. Yeah, we'll drop that at the very Stick end. Stick around. Share share the, the, the link to this video. Um, Some pretty big disc golf news, actually. All right. Go ahead, go. So, here we go. Uh, Waco was an interesting tournament for a number of reasons. We talked about Corona, obviously. Um, but one of the bigger things that we're going to be parked on for a little bit here, because we've got to get all of this out, and I'm going to read... I'm just going to read this, because I know uh, you're kind of fired up with your opinions, and then I'll probably, I'll probably be the, uh, the dude that chills things you're down have to. as normal. So, here we go. Brody on feature card round one caused some controversy. Obviously don't, don't pay attention to how I pronounce that word. <laughs> I looked at you. Did you see that? <laughs> um, so this kind of all started with when Brody called out Jamie Thomas on Twitter for a comment that was made 17 weeks ago, as well as some comments made on the upshot, which is a podcast that Jamie's a co-host on regarding Brody being given the spotlight and basically handed what other pros work so hard for. Since then Brody has went on the podcast, which just came out yesterday uh, Jamie fully apologized. Everything's been worked out. Um, and so I don't want this to be a bash on Jamie uh, time because be. instead what I want to focus on here is I think what Jamie was voicing is what some of the disc golf world felt. Um, so I, w- I pulled quotes from the podcast, which some of it we can we can talk about Jamie's position when he when this stuff was said. Um, but I more want to focus on the attitude that I think uh, not a lot, I don't want to say a lot, but the people who have been resistant to Brody in the disc golf community, I feel like this, uh, these quotes kind of sum up their arguments and why they feel this way. Um, and so that's why I pulled it again. Jamie and Brody have made up. You can listen to the podcast, uh, where Jamie apologized. Brody accepted the apology and they went on with a normal interview. Um, but I still wanted to touch on this because I think it is something that needs to be talked about, especially as disc golf grows and moves forward. So some of the quotes from the podcast, and these are all quotes from Jamie. Uh, he said, I don't know. This is talk- in reference to the pro tour. I don't know that this is the look you want. What is the message you're going to send to kids that a social media following is more important than putting practice in. We've spent the last 10 to 15 years in disc golf, putting up barriers. Um, by that, he means uh, barriers to get to the top. Um, so that people take this sport seriously 
And now this decision is, okay, well, tell me where am I, where am I wrong, Charlie? Give me one qualification other than a social media following that Brody has to be on this card. End of that quote. Next quote. Is this the direction we want disc golf to go? Do we want it to be a celebrity fest? End of that quote. And the next quote. I think Brody does good things for the sport by getting people to watch. I think people, people take it too far when starting to invoke grow the sport and stuff like that, just because people are interested in what Brody does on a daily basis. So he's throwing a disc golf disc. So they're going to pick it up for, you know, six months. Yeah, that's cool. But what's the bigger message here? End of that quote. And the final quote, there's a potential that the message we are sending is that given is better than earned. Brody is a great athlete, but also has probably the most privileged start of any athlete to play this game. Now, I do want to, before we get into this, say um, there was non-essential information kind of in between some of those sentences and the quotes. So um, these are not pulled out of context at all, but I will say there are certain uh, sentences left left out in between there. If you listen to the, the podcast, though, you'll, you'll be able to hear all of that. So Zach, take it away and uh, let's chat this out. Um, so obviously, Jamie was a commentator on the Disc Golf Pro Tour as well um, when, when these statements are being made. So what's your opinion on this? Agree with him, disagree, and why? Okay, so I disagree. So let me go back to see his... I'm going to... I'll hit each... I'm going to try and hit each quote. Sounds good. Why it's kind of... First of all, okay, it's great that he's on a podcast. So I'm going to... Okay, I'm going to push myself back, and I'm going to I'm gonna do a little bit of... I'm going to tear him up a little bit. It's great he's on a podcast, right? Awesome. And we, you have opinions, which is what we do. But that you shouldn't be on the podcast and be a um, commentator, which is what he's supposed to be a commentator for the Disc Golf Pro Tour or Disc Golf Pro Tour, which is you're supposed to be neutral, right? Yeah. So he shouldn't be bashing a, a player as he did, you know, because he did in his first tweet, which which started this whole thing. It was kind of ridiculous, um, you know props for Brody for saying something showing, you know, everyone, Hey, this guy did my coverage and this guy is not neutral. And he, he went after me basically. So let me, let me hit this. Um, talking about the barriers here. Yeah. <clears throat> Other than the social media qual, uh, qualifications, what, what else does he have? Um, I, Probably none. That might be his only qualification, but it doesn't matter, right? The The point was to get people to watch, and they went from 1,500 subscribers to 6,000 subscribers. Jamie, you probably lost more than, you know, you made people unsubscribe more than people made, more than Brody made people subscribe. You get what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Like, your comments are worse for the sport than it is Brody playing what he's doing for the sport. Getting Brody on that card was the biggest thing so far disc golf has done. And again, okay, let's go to the next one. Um, Is this a celebrity fest? If we can put LeBron James on lead card, LeBron, like if he starts playing disc golf, he's going to be on feature card next week. It doesn't matter who cares if it's LeBron James or if it's Jamie Thomas, it's going to like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, who cares if you're a celebrity? If you're grinding like Brody is, he's been playing, uh, or he said he's been, like, grinding for the past, like, 75 days straight. I promise you, he's been putting more work in than everyone in these comments combined. I'm, like, everyone here, a lot of people on tour. I, I think I saw, I think I saw Drew Gibson or one of the top pros say, if you think that you're putting in more work than him right now, you're not. Like, he's putting in more work than most of the people are on tour right now which is crazy. And that's his dedicate. That shows his dedication to the sport. Okay, here we go. Uh, now talking about people playing for like six months 
Who do, what does it matter if people play for six months? If they play for six months, they might get hooked and play forever. Yeah. If they play for six months, then maybe they just don't like the sport and it's not for them. But what did they do? But at least they're playing. What they, they spent money. They got to courses. Like the more people on courses, I know around here at least, the more that the parks department cares, the more that maybe they'll you know decide to put you know more money into courses. So like what? How could that possibly be bad for the sport? Putting more people on courses. He, uh, Jamie kind of made it seem like we were this, like exclusive. Ex- we were this exclusive group, and only some people can play there. No, that's wrong. Like we we want people in this sport. Like if people started playing baseball and they because Derek Jeter they only played for six months but they stopped because they don't like it. Are people going to say Derek Jeter was bad for the sport? No, Derek Jeter is one of the biggest names in the sport. You know, like yeah, it, it, this this is I I hate this. Like I hate what Jamie does. <laughs> as soon as I saw what Jamie had said, I me, me and you were going off about it. Like I don't I think he should be fired. Um, people might think that I'm going too far in saying that, but it makes sense. Like <laughs> he, he should not be doing this and talking about how bad Brody is for the sport, and then. Ex, you know, expect his his employer to be okay with this. Like, he shouldn't be okay with this. The, yeah, the, their employer shouldn't be okay with this. I do want to. Yeah, I do want to touch on one thing. Um, Whoa. before I'll give my opinion on some of this as well. I do want to touch on one thing because Zach said something that was similarly brought up later in the podcast. That Zach said Brody is one of the biggest things that happened in this sport. Um, and Jamie, that's when Jamie really kind of went into. Uh, a different side of growing the sport. And I think that when people say grow the sport, I think there's two ways to look at it, right? Mm-hmm. There's growing the sport in the aspect of one player, Brody, getting a lot of players to play the game, right? And then there's growing the sport in the aspect of uh, Steady Ed, uh, Ken Climo, um, you know, the people who started touring disc golf, the first people who were out there on the road, the people who started the PDGA, the current PDGA people. Them growing disc golf looks different, right? You know what I mean? If you take the numbers, the pure number of players that Steady Ed got to play versus the pure number of players that Brody gets to play, yes, Brody is probably going to get more eyes and more people to play disc golf than Steady Ed did. Right. But none of us would be playing disc golf if it wasn't for Steady Ed. Yeah. I think that I think that's where the confusion kind of is. If we're looking at growing disc golf is strictly like a fundamental thing of growing the like behind the scenes of disc golf, then yeah, Brody's not doing anything to grow disc golf because gr- Brody's not a PDGA like board member right but if you look at growing disc golf and how most of us i think just naturally think of it which is getting people to play getting people to buy discs getting people to be in the sport then yeah brody is growing disc golf like probably more than we even know yeah um and probably more than can even be measured because people are watching the i just look back at it the video that we were lucky enough to be in has two hundred fifty thousand views the his front nine of this past week that they allowed the, his front nine and back nine, they allowed him to post, which was awesome by the pro tour has like 150,000 in the first like two days, which is probably is more than like Jomez gets on some videos on some. Yeah. Uh, and you know, that's, this is all huge stuff and it's also a new audience. It's an audience because before yeah. disc golf followers are all cross followers. Yeah. I guarantee you every person that follows us on foundation follows Paul. Yeah. So yes, we're growing the sport. We're getting people in. We're getting people interested. But we're we can grow the sport within the sport. Right. Brody is bringing 2.2 million people from outside. Yes, there's some people, but 2.2 million people that subscribe to him for stuff other than disc golf and saying, "Hey, here's disc golf." Yeah. 
that is huge to grow the sport. And I think that's where part of the comments can kind of get confusing and get uh, misheard by Jamie is because I think Jamie is thinking of growing the sport as like, let's not overlook what steady Ed did when he said stuff like that. And I agree. Let's appreciate the past. Yeah, let's also not past. downplay the future. Yeah, exactly. Um, wow. That was, that was well said. <laughs> Put that on a disc. There we go. Uh, now some of this other stuff, uh, the initial comment of his social media, uh, you know, is that the only reason he's on the, the lead card? Obviously the answer is yes. And is it a celebrity fest? Here's my thing. It's one person. If LeBron James, we'll use him because you said that, went and played cornhole, right? We would all watch cornhole. I would watch cornhole to watch LeBron James play. And it wouldn't matter that everyone else has been grinding out trying to play cornhole on ESPN. It's LeBron James. But if LeBron James went and played golf, it wouldn't be as big of a deal. Right. Why? Because golfers are already celebrities. Yes. If you look at... Tiger Woods, you look at Justin Thomas, you look at all these people, they're already celebrities. They already have millions of followers. If you look at Brody coming into disc golf, the top, I think it's 10 or even more Instagram accounts, which isn't even his big account, top 10 or even more Instagram accounts combined don't even touch his Instagram following. If you look at YouTube, it's probably even like sickening how high it is. And we're looking at cross cross followers within disc golf. None of it touches. No. So... Him coming into the sport from an exposure aspect, from a pro tour media aspect, from a pro tour business aspect, from outside sponsorship aspect, he needed Heck to be yeah. on feature card. Heck there, yeah. there was no other option. Uh, and it, anyone yes. that wouldn't have put him on feature card would have been missing a huge opportunity to grow the sport yes. and do what we all say that we want to do. And I put a tweet out there on um, foundation. I don't exactly remember what it said, but basically saying that the disc golf community at times really baffles me. And this is a hundred percent true. And I've said this for a while on a number of different aspects, because we all claim that we want to grow the sport. We all claim that we want this next step, right? The next step to happen. We want better coverage. We want this. But as soon as something takes that step that is against the idea we had in our mind, we get ticked and we just push it away. Like how dare you, think that your idea is better than this idea I had in my mind. How dare you think that pay to play courses are good? Yep. How dare you think that a pay to watch coverage is the future? How dare you think that live is going to outdo uh, post when all of this stuff is the growing pains we're going to have to go through. And yeah, it's going to hurt, but that is growing the sport, whether we like it or not. Those are the steps that we have to take to grow the sport. And I think that is what we're seeing here. Um, and that's where a lot of this backlash is coming from is people who, are upset. They're close-minded. Well, yeah, because Brody, yeah, he's nine. After this weekend, he'll probably be 950, 960 rated. Mm-hmm. Okay, when I was 970 rated, I didn't get a sponsorship from Discraft. Like, I'm not ticked off because yeah. when I was 970 rated, I didn't have 2.2 million subscribers. Exactly. I didn't have all this stuff. Yeah. Um, another thing I wanted to touch was on the Brody being privileged and given this. He worked for it. That's the he, thing. He still worked for is it. What makes him privileged? or I'm putting quotes around privileged because I don't believe this at all. What makes him privileged is the 2.2 million subscriber fan base that he built for eight years, grinding yes. out day in, day out, trick shots. He golf. built it. Exactly. Yeah. He built it. He worked his tail off. Yep. Pro- I, I'm going to go as far to say this to get 2.2 million subscribers on YouTube is harder than to become a top 20 disc golfer in the world. It, it's harder than being number one. I don't know if I get that far because Okay, Paul did... Okay, well, well, maybe that's a discussion for a different time. Regardless, it's extremely hard to get 2.2 million subscribers on YouTube. Brody has videos on there from eight years ago. I looked at it today. Maybe even farther back, but ones that are extremely popular eight years ago. So you grind for eight years and then be called privileged because this thing you worked so hard for got you this coverage. I don't like that. Yeah. Now, if this was 
LeBron James' son, and he came in. Then maybe you can call him privileged because, yeah, yeah he's got to prove it. You know what I mean? Yeah. He didn't – I don't want to say he didn't work, but, like, Bronny is going to play college ball. He's going to. He's good enough to, whether he was LeBron James' son or not, but he's always going to have this – um this what is it called uh i don't know you, i can't think of the word i'm trying I wasn't to say paying attention he's always going to have this thing though that people are going to say oh yeah but he you know yeah he got signed by nike but he's lebron james's son you know what i mean yeah brody smith doesn't have that right it's yeah he got picked up by discraft because he worked his tail off for eight years to get 2.2 million subscribers so to me this is exactly what disc golf needed this is exactly what the next step for disc golf is is to get someone like him bringing exposure to companies like Nike or Under Armour or Callaway or whoever is ready to come into the sport. This is what we needed. And I'm baffled that anyone would disagree with that. Yeah, this, this is pretty good. Nathan Steinbarger said this. He said privilege. I example disc golf pro tour chooses him just like they have chosen other players who were privileged to be chosen on feature card. Yeah. The, the, the privilege comes in that like, that would be like saying Paul's privilege to be on feature card. And he's chosen because, I, like, why? Yeah. Paul worked his tail off to be 1060 rated. Yeah. Brody worked his tail off to get 2.2 million subscribers. And I think at this time in disc golf, both of them are needed. Yep. Hugely. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. So, I think that's about it for that. Uh, in addition, though, sticking on the Pro Tour media. This was funny because this didn't start just now. This started... Uh, this has been going memorial. on. And I feel like this has happened in the past, too. Has it? Uh, okay. in, on a smaller scale, but now I think the Pro Tour is a little bit more in a spotlight. But we talked about this last week, and the Disc Golf Pro... I'm going to keep talking about it until it gets stopped, but the Disc Golf it's Pro Tour... I know. YouTube account was back in the comments for the final round live stream. So people were upset. I'll give a little context here. People were upset because of how oh, much... Wait. Last thing mm-hmm. before I... Yeah. Last thing. Because this... The whole Grow the Sport Jamie thing. Yeah. He... Uh, I saw so many people, so many hundreds, hundreds of people that said that they were going to unsubscribe from the pro tour unless Jamie gets fired. Interesting. So I saw hundreds of people saying it. So he will literally, he will lose his job more money than Brody will ever bring in. Let just let that sink in because talk about growing the sport. You are anti growing the sport. Interesting take on that. Um, yeah. Uh, so people were upset with the pro tour coverage um, because of how much MPO coverage they were missing in order to see the front nine of FPO. The, I mean, the internet trolls were out in full force. They were, they were making sexist comments toward the FBO players they constantly typing MPO, 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 and on and on and on and on. And in general, just being very annoying. But with that being said, it does not give the pro tour any right to be unprofessional or somewhat rude to their subscribers and followers. Uh, it came off. Some of their comments came off as very immature and made a number of people say that they were canceling their subscription and unsubscribing to the channel. So some of the comments I screenshot, uh, this is from the pro tour, whoever controls it. Um, well, we, uh, we know who, but yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to blast that dude. Um, but he might deserve it. Uh, so it said, this is the quote from their comments. One was, I will get to MPO when I feel it is necessary. Uh, the next comment, because he didn't switch over to MPO, said, trust in the Disc Golf Pro Tour. Next comment, MPO is literally, in all caps, walking right now between holes. This comment was made just prior to cutting back to action after missing three holes and having Jamie and Nate kind of explain what was going on and show highlights from those past three holes missed. But they were just walking between holes, and somehow that walking lasted for three holes of play. Anyways, and then the final one, they just put a kissing emoji up there. 
Um, they're, it's like they're trying to get a reaction out of people where like the more reaction you're going to get out of these internet people, it's worse for you. Yeah. I, I do not understand. So I, I get where the, um, someone asked if I drink out of a <laughs> tiny fish bowl. It does look like it. Uh, I do get where, um, this was very annoying because their whole idea is to like mix in MPO and FPO. And we'll talk about why, in my opinion, this model isn't working currently. Yeah. Um, and so they naturally had a lot of people making very rude comments towards the FPO players, which is extremely uncalled for yes. making sexist comments in general, which is again, uncalled for. And then just spamming saying MPO literally for like two minutes straight. I had to turn the live chat off cause yeah. I was getting so annoyed with it popping on my screen of my phone. Uh, just saying MPO nonstop. Um, all of that was very annoying, very immature by the, by the audience in general, but they were upset for a good reason. Um, because we were missing some great play with that being said, the correct response would have been a valid explanation of why we're not going back to MPO right now. I saw Hannah Macbeth try to say, and it got kind of lost in there, but she tried to explain that like the MPO was on kind of a, a bad, um, connection spot, a, a down spot, whatever it's called on yeah. the course. And she thought that might've been a reason they couldn't cut over makes total sense. Yeah. Uh, but like there, there's obviously a reason why they're showing FPO. Maybe they're just saying, Hey, we're waiting until they finish out this hole. Right. Anything would have been a better response than just to say, eh, I'll get to MPO when I feel it necessary. Or, Hey, don't worry. Trust in the pro tour. We know what we're doing. Trust in the pro yeah. tour or trying to say they're walking when we're watching you disc. We know we're missing holes. Yeah. Um, any type of explanation would have been fine. Right. Any type of just, here's a statement like, Oh, Hey guys, you know, coverage a little spotty i don't want y'all to like be dropping out so i'm gonna keep it on fpo we'll get the highlights in a second everyone's comments would have stopped like that it would have been perfectly instead it just sparked more internet trolls what's your take on this because you you screenshot some from the memorial too yeah Um, i I think they're just being so childish um i mean sometimes like even in our comments you know people drop on our page like i'll respond in a funny way if someone's like being nasty yeah but like I don't have, like, I'm not the pro tour, you know, messing with eight bucks a month or tens of thousands of dollars, like, of people bringing in, you know, for this subscription service. So it's, it's completely different. Um, I I just think it's, it's a little unprofessional. I think that who is doing it needs to tone it back. And I think they just need to have the rights of commenting revoked and let Jeff Springs or someone or just don't comment. Well, yeah, just don't, don't don't comment. comment. And if you're going to comment, make it a helpful comment. Exactly. Answer the questions that are being asked instead of just saying, I think also they need to address the pro tour in, in general needs to address the, um, the issue of what's going on right now, because obviously this is going to keep happening. If they're going to keep the format, what they have again, we've talked about this before. I'm like one of those people that really enjoy watching FPO. So like, I want to see it, but I also want to watch when Paul and Colton are one stroke of each other and it's, you know, an, a pro tour. Yeah. But Evelina's four strokes up. Like I can miss a few holes there, but they, I think they need to go back to separate streams. Yes. You're going to lose a lot of views on FPO, but like those are people that really want to watch it. Yeah. And the people that want to watch MPO can watch MPO. Mm-hmm. Like here's, here's the tough part. The idea behind it and the motivation behind it's great. It is. And I think it's everyone fantastic. was behind it like awesome because even we're seeing less commercials because we're getting to watch more disc golf. You know what I mean? Yeah. The issue comes in, like you said, uh, the past two tournaments, the Memorial and now Waco, we've had close MPO battles. And when FPO is teed off, we're getting to the back nine 
especially the final round is the only round free. So we're getting into the back nine of the final round. We're talking a stroke or two between Eagle and Calvin, and now between Paul trying to catch up with Colton, who's yeah. holes ahead of him. We're talking a stroke or two. We're watching live to watch live. Yeah. So I know they went to highlights and I get that, but I'm not watching to watch highlights. Right. If I wanted highlights, like I would just watch Jomez the next day and I wouldn't have paid you five bucks a month to yeah. watch this coverage. I paid. I want to watch live. Yeah. Now, you know, instead we're cutting to, like you said, Evelyn is up four. it's not that I don't want to watch FPO. It's that Evelyn is up four, and they're on their front nine. Right. If someone cuts it close, the back nine's wide open. Right. This, the front, the MPO coverage is going to be done. Right. If the FPO is close, I'm going to watch the back nine and I'm going to have full FPO coverage of the back nine. Yes. It's almost like in name of equality and trying to get more views, we're stripping the MPO of coverage to a certain degree because we're saying, you know, Hey, Yes, it's close. And if the FPO was... It goes to both ways, though. Yeah, if the FPO was extremely close, let's yeah. say that Evelina and Hannah were within, a, were within a stroke and Paul was up by 15, I would want to watch the front nine of FPO more than I'd want to watch the back nine of MPO. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then people would be complaining in the opposite direction. So it's not a MPO-FPO thing. It's a what's in demand right now thing of MPO's close. We need to be watching MPO. We've seen that they have capabilities to do picture-in-picture. Picture. Why aren't they using it? So... Yeah. If it is a data thing where they didn't have good coverage, say that. Yeah. Don't, but, it, it, but since you didn't say it, I'm going to assume it's not a thing. That's not a thing. I like what Nathan said here, which, again, this is like what they did last year, but um, what if they had split channels for MPO and FPO where you can tab between the two channels for the coverage so you're watching both, similar, similar to how Twitch does for multi-streamer bro- uh, broadcast. Yeah. Like, they need to hire more cameramen and camera women uh, and film both cards and they'd be fantastic, actually. That's a great idea. If I want to watch FPO, boom, I press this like right next to each other. Yeah. So people always can press if they want to press. If F- if you know MPO starts walking, they're gonna press FPO. I don't want to watch Paul walk. Yeah. Whoop to do. I'm not like okay, he's walking. Yeah. I'm gonna watch. Well, the FPO. thing is, they have enough camera because right now they're covering both cards. So then they they need to then that's they what just they need, need to, to split do, the stream, which they won't. No, because the whole idea is, and it's true. You know, if FPO had a live a live stream and MPO had a live stream, FPO is going to get less views. Yeah. That's just the fact. Okay. I, you know, it's not right or wrong, whatever. We're not getting into that. That's just a fact. So again, the motivation behind this and the idea is great. It's perfect. All, everyone that's watching MPO, let's feed them a little bit of FPO. So yeah. then they'll be engaged. And when it goes to the back nine, they'll stick around. I love it. All right. Nothing against that. But what they need to do is when action is happening, put FPO in the picture in picture, or if they want to flip to where we get the MPO back nine full and the FPO front nine full yeah. to where it then, then put MPO in picture in picture on the front yeah. nine and have the FPO back nine. Whoever's finishing out the tournament. And this is like the final nine holes to decide who wins. That needs to be the feature. Even if they're, what if they're up 10? Well then whichever's closer, but okay. you can, you can you tell what's what in saying. demand. You yeah. know what I mean? And, both tournaments so far, it's been the MPO back nine that's in demand. Uh, and I don't understand the logic <laughs> behind missing several holes to watch a front nine of Paige being up 10 and yeah. Evelina being up four. And the closest it got, I looked at it today, was two yeah. on the front nine. While we're looking at Paul and Colton, and even there's a few other players in there being within a stroke or two. There's, I think at one time, the top 10 was all within two strokes. They were, yeah. Like, I saw that. Why are we not watching that yeah. when Evelina's up four? Yeah. That's where I have the issue. And again, it's tough because it's easy to come across sexist because in this scenario, we're talking MPO, FPO. Yeah. But if the roles are reversed and the FPO top 10 within a stroke or two, 
I hope, I honestly don't know, but I'd hope all the disc golf, all the comments would be going in reverse saying they wouldn't though. You know that. Yeah. But I would hope in my opinion would change because I would say, okay, well now we need more FPO and less MPO right now because Paul's up 10 or up four and the top 10 of women's within a stroke or two. Yeah. To me, I think it is, it does need to go back to being split streams. Um, I think doing split streams at the same time is a great idea. Fantastic idea. Uh, because then that does allow you to tab back and forth. Like Nathan said, I love that. That's perfect. Um, but yeah, something needs to happen regardless, pretty much because I don't know. I I was just very frustrating to me. Um, cause I was just trying to watch a great MPO battle and not that I didn't want to watch the FPO, but if I had to pick between Paul needs to birdie this hole and I'm going to see what happens on Udisc and I don't get to watch it live, but I do get to see Evelina and Rebecca Cox and them who aren't really battling at this point. Cause it's the front nine and she's up by so much. Yeah. I want to see the back nine. Yeah. And that's just, that's that. Um, I don't know what they're going to decide to do. Uh, regardless, they need a different person commenting or need to tell them, like you can only comment if you're providing helpful information because uh, that was just insane to me. I even responded at one point and I called him out. I was like, look, we'll get back to MPO in a second. So internet trolls chill. We're going to see it. But the pro tour, like if you're going to comment, provide something helpful. Like yeah. what you're just stirring the pot. There's no point. In I that. didn't, you said that to him. Yeah. I commented as myself, Hunter Thomas. Oh, okay. Um, I didn't comment as foundation, but I was like, it, it, which it just immediately went flying up because everyone's right. going MPO, 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 MPO. Oh my word. Very annoying stream. Well, I, I was mad at both ends. I wasn't mad at like anyone yeah. less. I was almost more mad at the internet trolls because there's a lot of sexist comments and stuff like that. That was just super uncalled for. Like you're upset that you're not watching MPO. We ain't got to make this. Uh, yeah. I, and by sexist, I also mean like comments about the players yeah. that had nothing to do with this stream. Right. And you're calling them out and saying perverted things yeah. that did not need to be said. Uh, well, yeah. And what kind of sucks is like, I like to think that for our age, we're like pretty mature. But a lot of these people are like, because we know our uh, our following, especially like Instagram, is like twenty five to thirty something. These pretty immature adults out there, like it's crazy. You guys, like, take a breather. First of all, second I, of all, I hope don't it's be no talk- one that's watching our podcast. No, I'm I wouldn't think it is, but I hope I'm not talking about you guys. But like, take a breather. Okay, number one. Number two, don't you dare be talking about women like that. And it might be different because we're married. Like we, you know, yeah. If I heard a dude talk like that to a woman, like in person, you better hope Here's I'm saying not saying it. They wouldn't you. say it in person. Exactly. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, that's not what I'm saying. But like, they're just so immature. Yeah. Like, grow up. Like, if they, if a lot of the comments, I mean, M- the MPO, 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 obviously, like, that's not sexist. That's whatever. But a lot of the comments that were made, like, if someone, if the dude typing it would have had to say it to a girl's face, he would have never said it. Right. But instead, he's like, ah, I'm behind a computer, whatever. Blah blah blah. Enter. Um. So what are some of the comments coming in? Cause I see some people saying they agree with different people a hundred percent and I'm kind of, I don't know. There's like, there's a ton of stuff. I'll here. see if you can find uh Zach's thing. Yeah. Oh, here we go. They're trying to make it like live sports broadcast. Yeah. How many groups they cover in golf? All of them. Not every shot you see is live. Just don't know. Just don't know it. Model is fine. Poor execution. Could be. I can agree there, but the difference in golf is there's two different tours. There's the LPGA and there's the PGA. So, if you're coming to watch the PGA and if it's a close match and I know this cause I've watched like tiger when he won the masters, when it comes down the stretch, you're, you're catching tiger every shot pretty much. Yeah. Um, when it comes down the stretch and that's more what I'm talking about here, I would love to see multiple cards covered of MPO and FPO. Um, but you also have to think that golf isn't doing a split with the LPGA and the PGA trying to stream them both at the same time. Yeah. So if we're going to follow 
Yeah. If you're going to follow the golf broadcast, you know, then it would still be a separate stream. To me, that is like, I, I hate it, but I also agree that that's the best method as of now. Um, and I think doing them at the same time would still be advantageous to the FPO coverage because then like you're saying, if you're walking between holes or whatever, you can just switch over and watch FPO and be watching MPO. Um, and it would almost accomplish the same thing, but I can also see the side of having FPO coverage. You know, you're not going to get the same views as MPO. P- okay. Uh, Luke said PGA and LP- LP- LPGA. LPGA are separate events. Isn't a simple solution to make all coverage separate. Yeah. That's what I just said, but no, I know uh, I'm saying like, yeah, there, I mean, but what about having separate events, like separate events? I what, don't think we're at yet. What about, okay. But eventually one day, one day you'll have to, because one day there'll be so many women playing that you can't have the men and the women on the same course at the same time, or even in the same venue at the same time, it'll be overwhelming. Um, we're not there yet. I don't know when that day will come, but, um, yeah, I mean, when that, when that comes, I actually saw a very interesting, uh, Paige Pierce interview. I think it was on the disc golf network and they were asking her about the like equality between men and women. And she was like, if you look at it, which this was a, I've heard this argument several times and I was just surprised to hear it from Paige. She basically said like, if you look at it, we're overpaid because the amount of players that are out here compared to our purse, when you compare the amount of players in MPO compared to their purse, uh, the match just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, but the whole issue is if, yeah, but that's technically, obviously you're trying to encourage women to play the sport. So you have to add more added cash to their ration, you know what I mean? Ratios and stuff. Yeah. But, um, uh, I'm trying to think of where my train of thought was with that. Oh, eventually as the FPO field size grows, so will the purse because that's just how life works. Um, do we drop a stream? I don't know. It might just be on my phone. Okay. Regardless, we are towards the end. Uh, we have some news though. We do have some news to talk about some foundation news. Um, I'll take the, the first few and I'll let you, I'll let you take the big one. If you want to do Oof. that. Yeah. I'll take um, it. so, uh, <clears throat> we'll continue the conversation of MPO and FPO in our Patreon, uh, post podcast. Um, hopefully everything we said made sense. Uh, we want to encourage people to watch FPO and MPO. It's more yeah. of like coming down the stretch. You want to watch what's closer regardless of if it's MPO or FPO. And I think that's where the issue comes in with the current model. Basically, yeah. hopefully that sums everything up and makes Don't sense. leave. The big news is big news. Yeah. So, so the, well, we're doing a giveaway. It's live on the community tab of our channel. If we hit 10,000 subs, which we are on our way to, um, we, we've gained 200 in the last uh, day or two. But if we hit 10,000 subs, which we are 120 away, something like that, by next Tuesday, then a prototype Zeus will also be added into the giveaway. Right now, it's just a four-time four uh, force. Um, the other thing we addressed a little bit earlier, new McBee stamps have been ordered and will hopefully be in soon. And we also talked about our new schedule our new video release schedule um due to corona we'll be dropping uh three videos a week plus the podcast on tuesday thursday saturday and then the podcast on wednesday so hopefully give you a plenty of um plenty of coverage um i do want to talk about this because i just saw it and i agree with this he said hot take you disc live hurts live coverage absolutely you think so i i 100 agree because you get ahead uh, and so you just live, I know what's going on. If I didn't know. And the only way I knew was to see the highlights of what happened on those holes. I'd be happy because I would, I would see it. It'd still feel like live. But yeah. when I already know, Oh, Paul bogeyed it, then it's the same for me. I was talking to you, but about don't this. watch you disc, but if I don't see it live, I don't care as much. 
So like, that's why I, I love Jomez's quality, but I don't watch Jomez if there's a live option because I'm going to watch Udisc. It, like, I want to see what happens live. I want to know as soon as it happens and waiting a full day. It's just not my thing. Yeah. Uh, I love Jomez. I love the guys that actually do Jomez. Their production quality is top notch. If they ever get too live, the disc golf world better freaking watch out. Yeah. Um, but that's just me. I just prefer live. And so Udisc live, I'm going to watch and it's always ahead of the coverage. And it's also if the coverage jumps over and you miss a few holes, I already know what happened. Um, one thing that we did, we used to talk about was will like Jomez hurt if, you know, like something like the pro tour happens with the whole live coverage. And I don't know what I said back then, but my answer is yes. Cause I don't watch post production anymore. I only watch it live, but yeah. that's, we can actually probably talk about we'll that. We'll probably make a, a podcast. Uh, maybe that'll be a podcast topic during the off season 2.0, maybe. which we're in the middle of now. All right. So, big news. I don't really know how to say this. The big one. I don't really know how to say it. Um, Okay. But I guess I'll just say just it. Just go for it. Um, this is something that happened a little while ago. Uh, we're still waiting on paperwork to come back and all that good stuff. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard of them. You might not have heard of them. Um, Supreme Flight, uh, that hat right there. We've been wearing their hats, you know, throwing their discs, all that kind of stuff. Well, guys, um, we have bought Supreme Flight. Um, so one year into our existence, we have bought another company. Um, you know, we're doubling, tripling our inventory, ton of other brands. Um, so it's huge because they are a big brand already. They have a lot of Instagram followers, a ton of them, um, kind of like a upper, like a higher end brand almost. Um, they custom stamps. Yeah. Lots of custom stamps. Their clothes are really nice. Uh, so we're going to be running a lot of clothes, all that kind of stuff. So keep a eye out on their uh, Instagram yeah. because soon we're going to be posting. Also, their website is obviously under construction right now, but that's because we're trying to we you know, get it all together. Yeah, we have to get all the paperwork filed with the state in order to um, legally be selling as Supreme Flight. Um, so uh, we had debated whether we were announcing it or whether we were keeping it um, incognito. But and it seems like we had to kind of announce it because because of Tompkins. how long. Well, yeah. also Tompkins, Tompkins started did, releasing it. And I it. do want to say Tompkins has been extremely helpful uh, throughout this time. He was basically just ready to move on to a different um, different yeah, stage different, in life, yeah. uh, ready to go on to bigger and better things. Mm-hmm. And um, we, I mean, I've known Tompkins for years. Uh, I love what he was doing. I've worn this bristle, this bristlet, bristlet, this bristlet. Uh, wristband for a long time um, that says Supreme Flight on it. It was one of his. Uh, yeah. And so another thing we needed to address and the reason we decided to announce it was because the site's been down for so long. We thought this process would be a lot faster. Um, it's been down, I think in total since like December. Yeah. Um, I've been working on the redesign of it, but the redesign itself isn't going to be big enough to make sense as to why it's been down for months. And so we need, we were like, there's a lot of questions that need to be answered. The government is slow in case you want to know. Um, there's a lot of, a lot of questions that needed to be answered. We were getting messages left and right about when it was going to open. Um, and so we decided it was a better move. We're still going to keep them two completely separate entities. Supreme flight. We're not touching the way it's ran. We're not touching the designs. We're not touching anything like that. Um, we're keeping it very separate because in my eyes as a branding guy, um, foundation and Supreme flight are branded a lot different, very, different. For very similar. And it makes sense for us to kind of mesh together. But, um, at the same time, 
our target audiences, our target audiences seem to be different. Um, yes. So we're going to keep them separate as far as that goes. Social media, how we run them, everything like that is going to be you separate. You, you won't, you probably won't see our face on Supreme Flight's Instagram. Yeah, you probably honestly won't really notice it, too much of a difference. Um, but we needed to make the announcement simply because how there's, long there's no way to explain what's taking so long with the website other than announcing the actual reason behind it. Yeah, and so we we we'll came be to posting this on both Instagrams uh, relatively soon, probably this week at some point about you know the buyout <laughs> and. Um, you know why again you know we'll probably just a short blurb of why it's taking so long <coughs> yeah and um sorry be checking out hopefully uh the supreme flight website will be launching within the next week or two mm-hmm. um hopefully and when it launches we're going to do like a re-grand opening sale um because it's been down for so long we yeah. have to get back on the front of front of people's minds uh, this also opens a lot of cool collaborations um so if ledgestone's still going on our booth will be half Supreme flight, half foundation. We'll be able to do some custom stamps and custom runs kind of between the two companies. Nate, Um, Nate said, so the real question is when can I buy foundation discs? Uh, example, like when are we going to make our first mold at this rate? I expect it at the next, uh, next year. I wouldn't go that far. My goal is to do this. I know uh, it's different for him, but like, I would love to create a disc in which we're working with somebody to, uh, 3d print actually. Yeah. For for a face off for Um, a face off that we kind of designed our, it's pretty exciting. We designed them Uh, from what I understand the, the disc will like be shatter shatter at some point during yeah. the face-off i don't know how we'll we'll address that when it happens i don't know either we'll have to be creative with that um but yeah i, I mean it's definitely an exciting thing yeah. uh it was very hard you've probably noticed us wearing a lot of supreme flight stuff throwing supreme flight stuff and it was very hard to keep a secret um and yeah we decided not to keep it a secret anymore which uh feels good it does um, i'm excited i think uh we have a lot of things planned for both Supreme Flight and Foundation. Like I said, with Supreme Flight, our goal is to basically just get it back to where it where it used to be as far as yeah. like the status and stuff goes. Um, and the the designs, you know, we're going to keep the same feel. We're working with the same designer. I'm not designing anything for Supreme Flight because it's not my uh, not my style of design work. Um, so that's that's that. Um, cool. Glad to get that off the chest. Yeah, um, that was on my mind the whole uh, whole podcast. Other than that, guys, it is currently 9.36. We will be over with our Patreons at 9.50 uh, for the post-podcast Q&A, answering lots of questions. I'm sure there will be lots about Supreme Flight and stuff like that, so we'll take care of all of that thanks for all the support today guys also everyone congratulating us thank you um obviously this was huge we started this company when we were in college so it's pretty cool to see you know where we uh where we how big we've grown also thanks for the two super chats today we appreciate that uh very much i take it to heart so thanks and we'll see you guys in the patreon q a in a few minutes